0: All right, are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while ending the future of the American dream. Are you tired of this? At what point are you done giving to these companies that do not care about you? At some point, we have to fight back. And that's why I love my people over at Public Square. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our constitution at publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to simply buy children's clothing, find new athletic clothing that knows what a woman actually is, shop for clean skin care, or find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as a consumer or business owner, and you can get started today at publicsq.com. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. country that this world has ever seen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of Dear America. And without without all the hoopla, we're just going to jump right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Riley Gaines is here with me today. Riley, how are you?
1: Oh my gosh, I am great. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So um, it's Pride Month. Uh, there's a lot of things going on uh, that obviously we have a lot of issues here with at Dear America, but but very few people have experienced uh, the actual backlash that is this trans movement, this trans agenda that has taken over in our country quite like you. And and you have had your um, your very publicized, very public encounters with uh, William Thomas, uh, but he goes by Leah Thomas, and this is an attack against women and women's sports. Real quick, just for the very few people who may not know your story, uh, to tell us a little bit about uh, your story, how you got into uh, uh, y- your, your fitness, your sports life, and then what happened to you with this man that decided to steal from women.
1: Absolutely. Um, So I was a swimmer. I swam my entire life from the time I was four to when I graduated when I was 22. So I dedicated 18 years of my life to my sport, which means, of course, your sport specific training, but your weightlifting, your diet, your sleep schedule, um, not to mention the the social sacrifices you have to make when you're when you compete at that level. Um, I get to University of Kentucky where first and foremost, I want to mention we were robbed Um, and in a different way because we dealt with COVID, um, that took away my national championships my sophomore year. Um, so no NCAA's there. We come back my junior year, and ultimately, I finished seventh in the country. Um, which I was proud, you know, this is a to be seventh, the seventh fastest woman in the country. Pretty big honor, but I knew I could do more. And so, it was right then and there that I made it my goal my senior year to win a national title, meaning, of course, becoming the fastest in the country. Um, I was right on pace to do that until about middle of our season, I was ranked third in the nation behind one amazing female athlete who I knew very well. Um, We were separated by a couple one hundredths of a second. Um, But the person who was trailing the country by body lengths, I'd never heard of before. And this is the first time I became aware of a swimmer named Leah Thomas. Um, For all I knew at the time, though, this was girl who came out of nowhere senior year to post the fastest times in the nation in multiple events by body links from University of Pennsylvania which is not a school that historically puts swimmers in that position so there was a ton of red flags but it never once occurred to me this was a male until I saw an article that came out that posted um, very briefly in a blip of a sentence it says Leah Thomas is formerly Will Thomas and swam three years on the men's team at University of Pennsylvania before deciding to switch to the women's
0: team. And And was not good, correct? I mean, (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong, but he was not a good male swimmer. Well, Congress once again allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the 79th. Time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further de-evaluation of the dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold, silver, and precious metal. And that's why I use my friends at Birch. Gold. It's super easy. It's super simple. All you have to do is text the word Graham, that's G R A H A M, to 989898 98 98 to get your free info kit on how to convert an existing IRA, 401k, or simply some of your savings into gold, silver, and precious metals. To protect yourself and Biden's economy, you have to do what you have to do. And free information is vital information. Text the word Graham, that's G R A H A M, to 989898 98 98 right now.
1: No, you're right. He was ranked 462nd at best in the nation among the men the year prior. Um, Which is why when I read this, I felt relieved because I thought the NCAA would see it how I saw it. Once I looked up who Will Thomas was and saw that by no means was this a lateral movement. Um, But that is not how the NCAA saw it. They saw nothing wrong with this. And so they allowed Leah to compete with the women at our national championships um, that first day we watched as Leah Thomas swam to a national title in the 500 freestyle beating Olympians. I mean, these aren't scrubs. These are the, the best swimmers in the world. This is the fastest meet in the world by Leah beat them by body links. Um, that next day he and I raced in the 200 freestyle to which almost impossibly enough resulted in a tie. Um, we went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second, wow. um, which shows me that God had his hand in this <laughs> because when you're racing for over, I mean, you know, a minute and 40 seconds, and you go the exact same time down to the 100th. That's pretty rare.
0: Yeah. So yeah, We okay. get out of the
1: water, um, and this is what thrusted me into to speaking out. We get out of the water, we go behind the awards podium, and the NCAA official looks at both Thomas and myself and says, great job, but you guys tied. And we only have one trophy, and we're giving this trophy to Leah because Leah has to have it for photos. Um, what? Riley, you can pose with this trophy, but you have to give yours back. Um, Leah takes the trophy home. You go home empty-handed. End of story. And
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold, hold on, hold on. So this is a part that I, t- I did not know. This. So, so you guys tie. What normally happens in the event of a tie at a at a race of that magnitude?
1: Yeah, I. I'm, I wasn't sure they now have made a rule of what happens in a tie to try and cover their butts. This is the only rule that came out of the entire, this entire debacle. And now they have a rule for what happens when you tie and it's, it goes to whoever's oldest, which Thomas is older man. That was their justification of the rule. Um
0: Goes who to whoever's oldest. Shouldn't it go to who's actually a woman? Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, but so, but, but back then they didn't have a rule. So they just, pulled something out of their butt to to, to, to make it go there. Um, okay. And they told you that you could pose with it, but then the trophy was going home with him.
1: They gave, yeah. So they gave me the trophy of the place that, that there was no one because we tied. They said, you can pose with this trophy. Leah will pose with, with his rightful trophy. He takes it oh. home. You give yours back. Um, which I want to reiterate. I didn't even want the stupid trophy. Um, I'm a 12-time All-American, I have tons of those trophies at home. It wasn't about the trophy, it was about the principle of them reducing everything that I, and, and every girl there, everything that we had worked our entire lives for down to a photo op to validate the feelings and the identity of a male at the expense of our own. That's when really the misogyny slapped me across the face because I knew what was happening was wrong, I knew the unfair competition was wrong, I knew the locker room was wrong. But when this happened, it was as if um they do this in the guise of progressive they're they're making progress, but when this happened it it was immediately I saw it as regressive. This took us back in time at least fifty years to before Title nine was implemented, and they're doing it yeah. in the name of inclusion and kindness and but it's exclusive. make no mistake
0: did you have did you have any like interactions with him prior than just racing him like did you guys? I'm just guessing here, but I'm assuming since he identified as a as a woman, he was in the women's locker. Is that is that correct or not correct? No,
1: that's right. Um we weren't told we would be sharing a locker room. The only no the only way we found out that we would be undressing next to a man was when we were undressing next to a man. A man who's six foot four, 22 years old, fully intact with an exposing male genitalia in our locker room where we're undressing and bare minimum we weren't told about it. Um, it felt like betrayal, belittlement, and, and really I think the best word to describe this experience without over-exaggerating is traumatic. Um, yeah. Not even just traumatic in a sense where, of what we were exposed to, but traumatic in a sense where it was so easy for the people who were in place to protect us to dismiss our rights to privacy. Um, right. As if it was so nonchalant. I immediately left the locker room when I saw this. And I worked right. to one of the officials on the pool deck. And I said, what are the guidelines to allow a man into our locker room? I know the guidelines for the competition, which was me- a measly 12 months of HRT, which is not enough to mitigate male advantage. Um, but I said, what are the guidelines for the locker room? And he, he just says, so, so nonchalant. He says, oh, well, we actually got around this by making the locker rooms unisex. And so then I'm thinking to myself, okay. First of all, you just admitted this is a man because you had right. to change your your guidelines to allow him into our locker room. So that right there is is you're you're proving that you know this is wrong. Um, secondly, yeah. unisex, any man could walk into our locker room, any coach, any official, any pervert who wanted to would have had full reins to walk into our locker room, and bare minimum, we weren't even told about it all to accommodate yeah. this one this one man's feelings. Um, it was, it was betrayal.
0: So, so I'm curious here and and forgive me. I don't want to, you know, just stir up any traumatic things for you, but, but I'm just curious his demeanor during all this. Cause I was in the army for 12 years. You know, I, I, I didn't play D one professional sports, but I would imagine that the locker room is very similar to, barracks and things like that in the army, right? Like, you know, when, when you're with your same sex, obviously people are changing, getting it, you know, things. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of time people talk, have conversations and blah, blah, blah. What was his demeanor? Did, what was he in there? Like just hanging out? Like it was no big deal. Like it was normal. What, I mean, I, yeah. you know, what, what,
1: yeah, I'll kind of set the scene. Cause it's exactly like you said. Um, it's not a place of modesty, um, these suits you put on—it takes about 15 minutes to, to put these suits on. They're—they're they're skin tight. They're—it's um, a lot of tucking and poking and prodding all of your your skin into the suit. It's miserable. Right. But in those 15 minutes where you're putting the suit on, you're fully exposed. Um, but it is also a place of buzzing and chatter and and laughter. You get to see your friends from all over the country who you only get to compete against this one time a year. Um, so yeah. lots of lots of talking. I had my back turned in the locker room, putting my suit on, and immediately got silent. And so I thought, that's weird. And I turn around, and that's when I see this person towering over the rest of us. Um, he wasn't overtly trying to to be um, in your face about it, but it was still there. It was there. It was plain as day to see. And that was literally, the first yeah, time, yes. And that was the first time we only we became aware this was the arrangement. Um it was sick. It felt like a sick joke. It was perverse, really.
0: Yeah, I, I would borderline say that you know, like you talked about pe- people people that haven't been in you know, D1 sports like you or in the military or or situations where you're in that situation, you know, some people have never you know, some people the thought of, of changing in front of somebody else, it, it's complete. But those of us that have <clears throat> been in situations where that's just kind of normal, yes. what has to happen, it, it's almost this kind of sacred kind of spot where it's like, you know, it, it almost feels like even, even more so of an invasion of of this yes. trust and this, you know, kind of safety Probably. that you guys had in there.
1: Yeah. Well, we, as you mentioned, growing up a swimmer, first of all, you're essentially half naked all the time anyways, and you're in your bathing suits. Um, but you, you become comfortable being vulnerable. I think we can all acknowledge that locker rooms aren't comfortable in general, but you're comfortable being vulnerable in that space. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it.
1: And so to have that vulnerability stripped from you and it's, it was this innate feeling to, to cover yourself when someone with male eyes walks in the locker room and is watching others get undressed. I can't even describe the feeling. Um it's not something I don't think you can you can fully understand until it happens to you which is why I think people are being silent surrounding this um because it's not affecting them does it have to affect every young girl before parents stick up for for their daughters defend their daughters um that's how we've gotten here we've been silent and complicit for too long because we've just I think especially as women we're agreeable we want to have sympathy And all of these things, which are great in moderation, but our rights are entirely being infringed upon. Um, Absolutely. And I wish more people could see that.
0: So, so walk me through. So from that moment, because even though you were the one that was the most directly affected by it, it affected a lot of other women as well. Arguably other women would have placed higher if he had not been there in the, in the lineups. What, because I, you know, for me, a lot of people ask me all the time as a man, why do I care so much about this? Well, one, I have a wife, so I care about women, but, but, but more importantly, I have two daughters. I have a nine-year-old and I have a two-month-old daughter at the house. And so I worry about what kind of world are they walking into? So, so what led you from that moment to decide that you needed to be the one to start stepping out? and speaking out against this?
1: The realization for me, because I waited. I waited for someone else to do it um, leading up to the meet. After the meet, I I spoke out pretty quickly. But leading up to the meet, I thought surely a coach would say something. Surely some parent somewhere would say something. Another swimmer will do it. Someone within the NCAA, someone with political power, someone who is supposed to be protecting us will protect us. And as I continued to see that wasn't happening, and, and they were really trying to normalize it, That's when it slaps me across the the face in the brief moments on the podium. um, There's a picture and I'm like glaring at at Thomas. And in those moments, I'm thinking to myself, if we as female athletes aren't willing to stick up for ourselves, we as women aren't willing to stick up for ourselves, we shouldn't expect anyone to. This has to come Mm -hmm. from us. If we want to change, we need to voice it. Um, because I saw the tears. I saw the tears from the girls who placed ninth and 17th at that meet and missed out on being named an All-American by one place. And the parents, uh, the mothers watching their daughters be sidelined. I saw those tears. And I felt the extreme discomfort in the locker room from every girl. And I, I heard the whispers and the grumbles of anger and frustration from these girls who, just like myself, had worked their entire lives to get to this meet. And all so right. I think seeing that, seeing how it affected all of us, not just Republicans, not just, I mean, all of us at that meet. Um, oh, absolutely. And we felt silenced, and we, we effectively were silenced. That's why it seems as if I have been this lone voice fighting for women until recently. It's because the silencing worked, that these universities and these institutions and the media and corporate America and all of these different realms, um, the silencing that, that they're implementing is effective.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I, we could go round and round about why I think that is. I think that in America, of the entire LGBTQ community, I, I think 1.3% actually identify as trans. And, and to have such a tiny, tiny microscopic amount of the population seemingly taking over right now, I, I mean, everywhere you go, everything you see every business you walk into, every social media feed, every ad that pops up on YouTube, I we took our children to go see a movie the other day and uh, the 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 I think it's called Nuvi, like the little thing that plays before the previews and it's like queer this Pride month, this and blah, blah blah. I'm like, man we're we're here for a kids show. And like we're in the theater now and now they've seen it. And so now we've got to have these awkward conversations going home. Let's fast forward just a little bit. You end up linking up with Turning Point USA and you're gonna go around and you're gonna do some speaking events. And uh I saw the video and I shared it. Uh, you know, the whole world shared it. I feel like I feel like uh you went to what university was it in uh, that 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 they pretty much attacked and cornered you uh just for being there?
1: San Francisco State University.
0: Okay, so walk us through that. What happened?
1: Absolutely. So I First of all, it's been a priority of mine to get on college campuses and, and to because I just came from a university. I know the direction they're going um, and how they're kind of politicizing these issues in a way that that aren't indicative of of what the general public really thinks surrounding this. Right. And so I felt I feel it important to to share this story to people my age, so they can understand exactly what really happened um, rather than just reading the headlines. So I went to San Francisco State, speak at a turning point chapter. Um, I get there, uh, protesters, of course, which I knew, I knew there was going to be people in opposition at San Francisco, but really this excited me, not because I wanted controversy or arguments, but because it gave me the opportunity to, to change minds, um, open, open some people's eyes to what's happening. But that was naive to think that these people would come with with, <laughs> with um, really that willingness to listen because they did not. Um, after I delivered my speech, I opened it up for question and answer from the opposition. I wanted to hear what they had to say. Everything is, of course, easily rebutted surrounding this topic. After that, the speech was over. I probably talked for about an hour. They got up to leave. Um, as they got up to leave, this was entirely planned because they opened the door that had been locked. Um, to the classroom. And as they opened the door, the protesters who were in the room, as they opened the door, the protesters from outside of the room flooded in, um, hundreds of them. They turned off the lights. They rushed to the front. They assaulted myself and others. Um, A police grabbed me and, and kind of shuffled me out of the room, led me to this little, another room along the hallway where ultimately I was held for ransom for over three and a half hours. Um, these protesters, they demanded that I had to pay them money if I wanted to leave and make it home to see my family safely again. Um, and have have there been any repercussions? No. Have there been any expulsions, arrests? No. Actually, their vice president of student affairs, Dr. Jamila Moore, sent an email out to their student body the next day saying she applauded the way her students reacted to me. And, and they were so brave for doing such because they know how how someone such as myself who spread so much violence, just just how dangerous I can be. And so she applauded those students for handling me that way.
0: Yeah, it's a dangerous world that we live in when dialogue and debate are dangerous or (laughs) considered to be dangerous because then what you just have is you have indoctrination. And when you have indoctrination, you have chaos as you're seeing. Uh, I... I have been in your shoes many times at D1 universities uh, delivering uh, commentary on topics that I know that it's just, it, it, you know, uh, been to Kentucky. Uh, but honestly, till to this day, I tell everybody this story. The University of Florida was by far <laughs> one of the worst experiences wow. I've ever had. I was with Charlie Kirk there. I was, I was doing a turning point stop. And we literally felt so much weight, and almost, almost like this, this heaviness uh, in the in the in the back room where we were sitting. That we 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 literally prayed before we went out there because we just knew that that there was there was there was evil out there in in this thing. And and, and you know, I I'd love to get your views, but I don't I don't know where where you personally stand uh spiritually, I'd love to hear that in just a second but but I, I I truly believe that this is this is a good and evil thing that we're fighting against right now one hundred and 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 this the yeah and so this attack against women this uh in the same vein of the l g b t q community also now going after our children um it, you know the military we call it going after the 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 soft targets right yeah. like the easy targets. And, uh, it, it, it truly is a battle of good and evil that we're facing right now. What, what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: No doubt. Um, it's no longer right versus wrong. It is moral versus evil. And I looked that evil in the eyes, just like you said, you felt it, right? I looked yeah. that evil in the eyes in San Francisco and it's soulless. It's hateful. It's violent. It's vengeful. And they do it in the name of love and they do it in the name of acceptance and tolerance and all of these, these terms Um, But make no mistake, that is not love. Um, We have a God of love. Of course, we have a God of love who loves all, but we also have a God who hates sin. Um, Absolutely. And our God made man and woman and our God doesn't make mistakes. This is entirely spiritual. Um, What I also think it is, is, is really the way they're trying to break down faith and the way they're trying to break down family and break down freedoms and changing the language we use. Um, the denying of truth, the silencing, as you mentioned, going for the vulnerable populations. I mean, it's Marxism, textbook Marxism. Um, yeah. and the administration that we have leading our country is actively leading us in this direction, which is chilling. I wish people could see it. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, even for myself, I had to be directly impacted before I was able to effectively see it for what it is. At first, when it yeah. happened, I thought it was just women's sports. Oh my gosh, that was so silly to think. It's women's prisons, it's sororities, it's the education system, it's the media, it's corporate America. I mean, there's so many different realms of our society that are being infiltrated with, with um, I don't even know a good word for it, just infringing upon our basic rights as humans. Um, you talk to anyone from a country that has, has seen this before, North Korea, China, Germany, Brazil, um, Russia, there, there's tons of them out there. And they will tell you that we are in the beginning steps. Um, and it's a slippery slope. It's only a matter of time before um, this gets out of hand. It's a downward spiral, and we are, we are going down it, which is why it's crucial we get someone in the White House who, who is willing to put America back on track, willing to say enough is enough, um, like, like we as Americans feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think one of the biggest phrases that people have right now and you, and do you currently, are, are you still in Kentucky or is that just where you went to school?
1: Just where I went to school. I'm from Nashville.
0: Oh, okay. So South, No, yeah. neither. So born and raised South here. And, and, and so I, the, the biggest thing I deal with a lot with Southern, uh, people in general is, you know, they see it, they hear it, but they, they say the phrase, well, you know, that, that doesn't happen here. And, and the thing that I, you know, screaming at people is like, no, it is happening here. It's, it's been happening here. You've just ignored it because you, you, you are a Christian conservative. You keep your head down, you go to work, you mind your own business, But yet your kids are watching TikTok and they're seeing the Dylan Mulvaney's and they're seeing the, uh, uh, you know, uh, Will Thomas, but Leah Thomas is out there. They're seeing all of these things. And I mean, literally a year, year and a half ago, there was that San Francisco gay men's choir that sang the song, you know, will convert your children. Like literally. And it's still on YouTube to this day because YouTube doesn't deem that offensive that these grown men are singing a song in unison about converting people's children and turning them into an ally for them against their parents. I I mean, it is, it is truly an evil place that we live in. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you are married, correct?
1: I am married. Yes.
0: Okay. So it's really not Riley Gaines, is it, (laughs) or is that your, that's your married name?
1: no my my new last name, actually, we've been married for over a year. um it just happened oh, okay it, it awesome. happened at such a time where um i he actually proposed to me the day after Leah Thomas and I raced, and so wow. I kind of became this this more well known person as Riley Gaines um but my new last name is Barker,
0: okay, all right, well, congratulations on that. Thank That's you. amazing um. What does your husband think about all of this stuff? I, I, I mean, I'm just curious because I'm trying to think about my my wife or or my daughters if I was in a, a position like that. One, what does your dad think? Two, what what does your husband think?
1: My husband swam at Kentucky as well. Um, oh so, wow, okay. So he most certainly knows the differences between men and women. I was effectively a better swimmer than him in terms of. Um, achievements and rankings, but even being a better swimmer than him, he could kick my butt any day of the week. Um, easily. Right. right? I mean, we know this. And so he of course understands. And I, am so fortunate to have such a strong support system, whether that's my family, whether it's my faith, my husband, my friends, um, I'm very blessed. Um, he's, he's my rock. A lot of the times, like when I come home at night, he's, you can kind of escape all of this stuff by by being and talking with him and, and kind of clearing your mind of it. I'm very fortunate, but my dad, um, my dad played in the SEC. He went to the NFL um, for a while, and so my dad also played sports. Um, I think for a dad to know, his daughter had to undress in front of a naked male, and no one did anything about it. Um, I can't
0: even think about it. I I, I can't even think about it.
1: I remember calling my dad and again, we had no idea until we saw it. And so I called my dad after I was in this changing space with Thomas. And I said, Dad, we just had to undress in front of him and and we didn't know. Um, and he said, Riley, I'm coming down there and I'm going to handle this myself. And I said, Dad, I love you. I don't want you behind bars. <laughs> you can't do that. Um, but that that's been really ha- hard for my dad. Um, yeah. I'm very man. fortunate that, again, they're supportive. Um, I just, am, I think a firm family foundation is a big piece in my leadership and my confidence to take the arrows that I take, the security that I have. Um, so I'm lucky.
0: So I, I like how you said that taking the arrows is a term I use a lot. Um, you know, I, I feel like, uh, I'm getting older now. And so I'm starting to feel like the elder in the group of all these people that, speak out all the time, but you know, we've been taking arrows for a long time. And, and even though it was such a horrible thing that had to happen to you, that is still happening to, as you put it, let you see how bad it's really gotten it. it, You know, I believe everything happens for a reason, no matter how traumatic it may have been to lead to that point, Um, it has turned you into a person that is now willing to take the arrows for truth. And, And I think that that's a very powerful thing. Um, what does the future look like for you? I I imagine it started very much like you wanted to attack what was going on in the women's sports. But now, as you said, your eyes have been opened more to where it's, it's beyond just that. What, what, what is the ultimate goal for you moving forward?
1: It's hard to envision myself in five years, because when I think of this battle, I don't think of where I'm putting myself. Um, I think of where's the mission in five years? Where's this fight? I'm wherever this fight is at this point. Um, I graduated with my degree in human health sciences and health law, um, scored in the top percentile of the dental admissions tests. And I was going to dental school Um, that I'm clearly not working on teeth that, that my, (laughs) my life plans. I've realized the quickest way to make God laugh in your face is to make plans for yourself. Um, and so those have been entirely redirected and I've, I've realized just how passionate I am about this and what a disservice it would be, not just to myself, um, not just to the present athletes who are dealing with this, the past athletes who fought for title IX, And of course that next generation of athletes, of of women, um, who don't yet understand the implications this has, and, and they don't yet have a voice. And so I'm fighting for them. Um, And that's what I'm gonna continue doing. This week, actually tomorrow, I have to go to DC for a Senate judiciary hearing surrounding these issues, um, continuing to talk about it, continuing to testify, create and and help legislators make laws surrounding this at the state level, the federal level, not just in sports, as you mentioned, a big piece I've taken on is the Women's Bill of Rights, which is a bill that defines the word woman. (laughs) And this past year we worked with legislators to, to create this model legislation and it was passed in Kansas and my home state of Tennessee. Um, and now there's an executive order in Oklahoma Debbie Lesko and Diana Harshberger have taken it on at the federal level. Um, anything I can do to enact change and shed light on the lunacy behind this and the broader picture of what it means and what's at stake if, if we don't fight for this, that's what I'll be doing. And that's what my future looks like.
0: I love it. I love it. Like I said, uh, I applaud what you're doing. I think it's fantastic. Um, you've got a friend in us over here at dear America and anything that we can do to help you, uh, in your mission. Like I said, everything happens for a reason. And, uh, I think that you are, and will continue to be a mighty warrior, uh, in this, in this battle that you're fighting, uh, Riley, where can people go to support you? Where can they go to find you?
1: Absolutely. My Twitter is Riley underscore gains underscore. I always try and post breaking stories, um, highlighting how, how people are responding, whether that's politicians, whether it's good or bad, um, just so people don't believe the narrative that it's a non-issue. Like the left loves to push. They say it's not happening or, um, you know, why are we creating to a, a, sol- a solution to a problem that doesn't exist? It's just middle school women's basketball. Who cares? Um, that couldn't be further from the truth. It's happening right. all levels, all states, all divisions, all sports, all across the country. Um, I get messages all the time. And just like you said, how people say it's not happening here. I, I've gotten maybe four messages in the past two days from girls in Tennessee who are changing in a YMCA locker room or, or some space with a man. It's disgusting. It's happening all over. Um, right. So just highlighting yep. those things. It's Riley underscore gains underscore.
0: All right. Well, Riley, you know, like I said, everybody go follow her right now. Uh, Riley, anything we can do for you, you just let us know. And uh, you've already, you've always got a voice on this show. You've always got a friend in us here. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for this episode of the Dear America podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. That's all we have for this episode. And we'll see you all again next time.